1: 9397 or text us on the castle heating and cooling text line 217-351-5357 or email us at talk at wdws.com. now here's your host brian barnhart well hey there good morning welcome to a
2: monday Here in the middle of May on the 16th day of the month of the year 2022. Great to have you along today on A Penny for Your Thoughts. What is a short week for me? I'll be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'll be off Thursday, Friday. Tom Kasich will be the guest host Thursday and Friday. He'll take you through the end of the week. Hope you had a great weekend. Weather was pretty good. I know we had some storms and lightning a little bit uh, yesterday. In different parts of the community. And some places got rain and others didn't. And some got some rain and some got a lot of rain. I guess it guess depends on where you were. But uh, certainly the weather over the weekend was nice. And we got a beautiful day today. Uh, partly sunny and a high of 79 in our forecast. And, of course, had uh, commencement over the weekend at the University of Illinois. Uh, looked like, man, I saw some pictures. Wow, what a crowd. At Memorial Stadium and in other places uh, around the campus, and so the uh, semester is done at the University of Illinois. The academic year is done, and good to see all those people again. After a couple of years, I know that uh, Blake Landau, our own Blake Landau, our producer, was involved in some ceremonies this weekend, and they took care of, I think, three classes uh, with an actual official uh, ceremony. They did uh, the graduate ceremonies last year, but you were certainly welcome to participate, and they did uh boy at the University of Illinois. So congratulations to all the graduates. Congratulations to the high school graduates. We have high school graduate in our house uh, this week, so we got a busy week ahead there as well, getting everybody uh, lined up and ready to go. Uh, Herf Jones, I'm sure they're busy <laughs> this time of year, don't you think? This is their Super Bowl time of the year for uh, the folks there with the cap and gowns and the prom, and everything else that's been happening over the last month. Busy, busy time. Glad you're with us. We've got a busy show for you today, kind of a potpourri of uh, things along the way. We'll have an open line here at the start. Near the end of this hour, we'll talk about the uh, Kiwanians and their great pancake breakfast at Bromley Hall. They're in their 100th year, by the way, the Kiwanians are. And uh, we'll have a couple of folks in to talk about that. You can get some great uh, pancakes and sausage this weekend. And then we'll uh, discuss some more in the uh, second hour with uh, Patrick Finkston, former DWS news staffer. He's the editor of the Illinois uh, newsletter. And uh, we'll talk to him about the primary coming up in about a month plus. Here, about five, six weeks out from the end of June. Talk to him of how it's going with Richard Irvin and Darren Bailey and. Sullivan and all the guys running for governor and the congressional race and any local races that he's keeping tabs on. We'll do that with him for a few minutes. And then right near the end of the show, the League of Women Voters. They've been doing a little a section in the paper, a blurb, uh, info, informational on uh, voting in the primary. And we'll have a short segment with them as well to uh, help close out the show today. So we've got a lot going on today and this week. We'll cram it into three days for me, and then Tom Kasich will do the final two at the end of the week. Let's go to the phones here. Patty's with us this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Hi, Patty.
3: Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. I wasn't going to call, but I keep hearing this, and it just irritates me no end with this formula thing. Do people not realize that for hundreds and hundreds of years, Thousands of babies were raised on milk. I'll guarantee you that your parents and my parents did not have baby formula. And you know what? We lived, and they lived, and our grandparents didn't have baby formula. Go to the store, buy some homogenized milk, pour it in your your kid's bottle, and feed them.
4: I
2: mean,
3: it's just just irritating that we've become so close-minded that we can't say, wait, if we don't have formula, our baby's going to starve.
2: Hmm. Well, yeah, you're right. A lot of us were raised. My parents. I mean, we had. Uh, they warmed up a bottle of milk, put it yep, on the put it put, so put it put it on the stove, and go to
3: the back burner. We, we got to start all
0: over the again. Way we went. Yeah. All right. All Bye-bye. right.
2: Thank you, Patty. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Now, of course, there are uh, children we know that can't drink regular milk, or they need special needs uh, formula. There's a lot of that, um, but that's true. But I know, growing up. Um, you know I don't of course I'm too young to remember but I do remember when my youngest brother was born because he was born when I was 13 I do remember um, mom heating up the bottles on the stove and not too hot had to make sure and you had to check it with your finger to make sure that you know squeeze a little bit on your finger to make sure it wasn't too hot with the milk but um, yeah and of course you've got you know breastfeeding that is all a part of it, too, uh, and so I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, formula's obviously a big deal, but you're right. Uh, a lot of us uh, did not have formula, and I don't know what they did in the uh, the olden days going back. I'm talking back hundreds and hundreds of years, <laughs> but, uh, but there you go. All right, uh, but there is a shortage. There's no doubt. 912 uh, at DWS. Let me get a break in. We'll uh, get it started here. We've already started, but we'll just continue... Carry on here with an open line up until about I don't know. Let's see here, nine forty-five or so, and then we'll talk uh, pancakes for a little bit, and then Patrick Finkston on the primary in about a month here on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, we're on a penny for your thoughts. Nine fourteen at DWS. Now, when I think about it as we walking you back to the uh, show here. When, I remember when we were test the baby bottle for my brother, you'd pu- you'd like sprinkle it on your forearm, right? I think is how you did it cuz it was a real sensitive area and you just kind of see how hot it is. If I remember that right. That's going way back though, folks. Uh, 915 <laughs> DWS on a uh, penny for your thoughts. New stock 1400 DWS Commencement this weekend. A lot of excitement there. And of course, uh you had the excitement there. The uh, saddest, the undergraduate library at the U of I has done. There was an article on that in the News Gazette. Uh, kind of quietly happened. Be moving some things around on campus, and I know some of the stacks are pretty old in there. And but it was a unique building for sure, the undergraduate library at the University of Illinois. Maybe many of you uh, spent some time in there along the way. And of course, the horror, horrific story out in Buffalo with the shooting at the supermarket. Uh, What, 10 killed, I believe, in in that situation. So that was a a big story from the weekend. And the Russians appear to be having a little trouble in Ukraine. Ukrainians pushing back. And now Finland and Sweden want to get in with NATO. All right, uh, 916 at uh, Newstalk 1400, DWS. Hi, Jane. Good morning.
5: Good morning. I just have a couple of comments on the baby formula. Yeah. Well, And first off... When I tested formula for my kids, it was on the inside of your wrist. Mm. Remember, you yeah, turn your palm up. Yeah,
2: you turn it up, and the right control. there where your where your hand meets your uh, arm, right? Right. Yeah. And
5: if people are worried about not getting the vitamins and proteins out of the formula, back in the day, we gave them a liquid vitamin if the doctor felt they needed vitamins, hmm. and you could use whole milk and a liquid vitamin.
2: Oh. Okay. And, wow.
5: Um, I, and I also think years ago, my kids survived, mm-hmm. and we only fed formula till they were six months old. My great grandson took formula for a year. The pediatricians could back that off to maybe ten months or eleven months. Not every child, but I would say the biggest majority could be changed to whole milk and think how much that would alleviate the situation.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think in that in those first few months, could you just feed a baby regular milk? Could you pour it in the bottle and heat it? I mean, can well, you or not? Well, I don't know.
5: back back in those days, we used we added Karo syrup and mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. It maybe evaporated milk. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly anymore. Yeah. But we used I used formula for six months or or a Mm -hmm. few months. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly anymore, but I know it wasn't longer than six months.
2: Mm -hmm. And I typically... Yeah, go ahead.
5: Well, back then, you gave them baby food at that age or earlier. Mm -hmm. I gave my kids cereal at two weeks because my doctor said to. But they don't do that anymore. They just think formula is the only answer or breast milk. But I think the pediatricians need to step in and say, we can... Do this a little bit
2: quicker, <laughs> and the breastfeeding is the most important if you can, right? Because that gives the right. child the nutrients they need and the.
5: That's right. Yeah, and and I agree with that.
2: Yeah, hmm.
5: but um, it doesn't work for everybody either.
2: Sure, sure. Well, that's well. Thank okay. you, Jane. My comment. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thank you. Appreciate but that. Thank you. All right. One two uh, three five six uh, nine three nine seven. Text line is two one seven three five one five three five seven. And you can email us, talk at com. I'm just glancing at different articles here. Infants younger than one-year-old need the nutrients in breast milk or formula. Uh, breastfed babies over one year may continue to nurse if desired, but you can also start offering your little one whole milk but don't give low-fat or non-fat milk. Most babies need the fat in whole milk to support normal growth and brain development during the busy early toddler period. Uh, You can move your baby from breast milk or formula to whole milk by beginning to replace bottles of formula with bottles or sippy cups. Oh, yeah, the sippy cups. (laughs) I remember that. By age one, your baby should be eating a variety of other foods as well, drinking about two to three cups of milk each day. If your baby was put on a soy or hyperallergenic formula for a milk allergy, talk to the doctor before introducing milk. Okay, there's just some uh some little tidbits on that. 217-356-9397 uh, 920 at DWS. Uh Denise is with us. Hi Denise. Hi
3: Brian, how you
2: doing? I'm doing pretty good.
3: Great. Um I'm calling today to maybe get some feedback from um Moms and daycare uh, providers about uh, toddler biting. You know, um, I have two grandkids. They're going to different daycares, and one has a policy of if a if the child is biting another child after three. Infractions, they're expelled.
6: Hmm.
3: Um, But I have a close to a two year old um, toddler who grandchild that has been getting bit. And um, the daycare doesn't have any policies in place like expulsion and um i mean I don't know what would- what would you say would be an excessive biting problem? I mean, how many times does a child have to get bit
2: well, gee <laughs> or, yeah, i don't i mean more than well, once is enough i mean i I would think but gee
3: yeah um, and and I think you know three strikes you're out, you know type yeah. of thing, and it forces the parent to really sit down and address the situation, but my grandson has been bit a total of seven times. Oh, gee. And um, I have a daughter-in-law that's a social worker, and she said, boy, I'd have my kid pulled. But due to price, location, um, the teachers, she really likes, but Either it's a, maybe it's a possible um, understaffing where they're not catching it before it happens, or possibly it's the the owner's best friend's child that's doing the biting. I don't know. Wow, wow
2: that's bizarre. Um, yeah, that's, well, there's got to be some kind of a policy well, or plan it, or something because gee yeah and,
3: and and my daughter even um went to the daycare and said hey look the, this other daycare has you know a policy of three times and you know you're either suspended or you're out you know hmm. and but the that they didn't their their philosophy didn't agree with that that they wow. thought that they would try to work with the parents on trying different social tactics to get the child to stop. But
4: yeah. in
3: the in the meantime, I was doing emergency babysitting, you know, oh, I don't right. mind. But, you know, their solution now is to put my grandson into a different classroom of the same age kids. Hmm. And... You know, I don't know if he was a favorite target, but you know, I feel sorry for the other children that are left there with that biter around.
2: Yeah. Yikes. But yeah. You know, well.
3: I I don't know if this is something that, you know, our daycares called in, you know, do do you call DCFS over something like this or
2: Hmm. Boy, that's I, a really just, that's a really I, good question. I <laughs>
3: I would, uh, Yeah, I would just like to hear some feedback from maybe some daycare workers or parents who have experienced the same thing.
2: Okay. Well, we'll see what we can so, find. Man, I wish I had an answer for you on that. I've got no clue on that.
6: Wow. I, I, you
3: know. I know what my reaction would be. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, when my children all were growing up back in the day, and it was just kind of a knee-jerk reaction, you know. If you got bit, man, there, the smack came out, you know. But mm-hmm. you can't, you can't smack kids anymore, you know.
2: <laughs> mm. Wow. But uh, all right.
3: So well, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. If you, well, you know, if your listeners can give me any advice.
2: There you go. Very good. We'll see what we can find out. Okay.
3: Okay. Thanks. Thank Brian. you.
2: Appreciate you. Thank you, Denise. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye, 925 at DWS. Anybody got any uh, suggestions for her on that, people she should call, or should she call somebody? That's, wow. By the way, uh, many parents ask, I looked this up, many parents ask why they can't feed their baby regular cow's milk instead of breast milk or formula. There are two main reasons. Infants cannot digest cow's milk as completely or easily as they digest breast milk or baby formula. And more importantly, cow's milk does not necessarily contain enough of certain nutrients that babies under a year old need. Cow's milk contains high concentrations of protein and minerals, which can stress a newborn's immature kidneys and can cause severe illness at times, heat stress, fever, or diarrhea. In addition, cow's milk lacks the proper amounts of iron, vitamin C, and other nutrients that infants may need. Now, this is for the newborn babies. Uh, Now, they also add, during the current baby formula shortage, it may be okay for some babies over six months of age to have cows milk for a short period of time if no formula is available. If you aren't able to find baby formula in stock somewhere, talk with your pediatrician and read more here, they say. Okay. Uh, uh, 217-356-9397-926. at uh, DWS, here on a a penny for your thoughts. Uh, Danny's with us. How you doing, Danny?
7: I'm doing well. Uh, As a father of seven, grandfather of 15, and 11 great-grandchildren, I think what Biden has done by storing all of the formula he could buy at the southern border for the illegal aliens is atrocious and I feel that if the Republicans can take control of Congress by this one act alone involving children he needs to be impeached
2: well yeah if you feel that way I do not think there's the political uh, the numbers don't add up to make that happen to be no, impeached. Not right now but yeah. it's
7: possible it's possible to add up uh, after the upcoming November elections, but mm-hmm. still it just shows what kind of inconsiderate human being for the American children where he takes that formula and gives it to the illegals and that's all I got to say, Brian. I hope other people agree with me. Thank you for the time you have a great day
2: you too sir thank you uh two one seven three five six nine three nine seven Mary Lou how are you
8: yeah, i'm laughing down my sleeve.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. T- tell me how we used to feed babies.
8: <laughs> well, I got formula right here for my first one and she's in her seventies. Yeah. So she survived and her sister came along about six years later and she's in her sixties and she is surviving very well.
2: Yeah. So what do you do? She just, had- uh, just breastfeed and and
8: nope, baby nope. milk. No, no, nope. yeah. uh, Start them out on a bottle, Mm -hmm. 15 ounces of boiled water, and uh, 8 ounces of carnation milk, Hmm. and 2 tablespoons of Cairo syrup.
7: Hmm.
8: And mix that all up, and then we had to wash our bottles, plus put them in a sterilizer and the nipples and the rings and all that went. I just think this generation and some behind me at this point is just lazy. Hmm. They go buy it off shelf, pour some water in it, whatever they do. I don't know. I don't do it. But that this is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, what was the uh, what was the oil you mentioned? Because I've heard that several times. What what did that do, the little? It
8: was syrup. Carol. Two, two tablespoons of Cairo syrup. Yeah. That was for the bowels.
2: Oh, I see okay, yeah was that like was that like sweet or was it just kind of like syrup syrupy kind of
8: it's just your clear cairo syrup, yeah, that you buy off the shelf, interesting, yep, and there was a dextro Maltese also put in it, but I don't have the I don't know how oh. okay it said. It said two tablespoons of it also, and I'm not sure what that was for. That I don't remember even doing, but I'm sure I did. It's written in her baby book.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. Well, that's you know, that, So that helped with the digestion uh, the right. part they're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Huh.
8: Give me a little nudge here. Yep, you're yeah. right. Yep. There you go. So, you know, but that was an everyday thing. We had uh, that Sterilizer would hold seven bottles, and in the middle, then you had a little container that held all the nipples and the rest of the flats that went over, and when you'd get them done and put the the nipple into the bottle and screw it on, Mm -hmm. and we got them out, then you'd fix that Mm -hmm. and put a pan of water on the stove, get it going, and uh, set the bottle in it and watch it, and then uh, shake it a little bit, put it on the wrist. Inner part of your wrist to make sure it wasn't too hot.
3: Yep.
2: And hmm.
8: They get their bottle and be quiet for a while.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to. I had to do that with my baby brother when he was born. So, you yep. know, well, fed him a few but, times.
8: Okay. <laughs> hey, the world goes nuts if they can't buy it off the shelf and just go on with life. Yeah. Because it took time. Yeah, I mean, sure. you had, sure. And I'll say this. I I did not. I, my hat's off to these mothers that are working and raising children and keeping a home. I did not have to do that. Oh. I did not have to work out of the home till my girls were, you know, up in, um, uh, started school. The youngest one started school and the older one was ready for seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I and my kids. Boom, boom. <laughs> I waited till you know. I can't see these fourteen months apart and two years apart just because uh, you put yourself in a lot of turmoil.
2: That's right. and, hey.
8: and I didn't expect the oldest one to take care of her either. It wasn't that; it was just mm-hmm. the way it happened too. So anyway,
2: well, all right.
8: But I just laugh at all this. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my. We're gonna yeah. do. Yeah, well, there. Right. I, I believe we've had all this other stuff. Uh, things happen, shortages and stuff. But there was a gal on Hannity, Hannity or whatever his name is, the other day, which said that this had not just hit. She said six months ago there was beginning to be a shortage.
2: Mm-hmm. Then they had the recall. They, Two in Isn't February it? and that hurt. Yep.
8: And uh, oh, anyway, that's right. my penny for today.
2: There you go. Thank you, Mary Lou.
8: <laughs> All righty. Pr- appreciate
2: it. All right. Bye bye. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven nine thirty three. Our news brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since eighteen sixty five. Visit firstmid.com dot com to find out more. Here's CBS News. on a penny for your thoughts here talking baby formula here this morning and it has become a national story there's been no doubt about that been talking about that some uh here on a penny for your thoughts today all right 9.37 and we got calls stacked up here i think bill's got a thought on the baby formula how you doing bill
0: hey pretty good brian um one of the things i want to make comment on this morning about the baby formula is uh and it deals with the disinformation that is out there and your previous caller danny is a prime example of that the statement that our president would be hoarding baby formula on the on the southern border is is completely ridiculous although that information comes from certain media outlets that you know put those types of comments out there then they get picked up by certain members of the political party that uh, like to get a little FaceTime and uh, get their word out there. And it trickles down to the Dannys of the world. And uh, the, mis- the misinformation is just wrecking our country. And that story, you know, caught fire over the weekend because of where it came from. And then the Dannys of the world sit there and listen to that and ruminate on it, and get all worked up and nothing could be further from the truth that baby formula is being hoarded on the southern border
2: no, and I think they i think they just i think I think they just happen to have some right down well, there
0: think they yeah they do Brian they obviously have baby formula on the border because there are there would be a certain percentage of babies that would be. Uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants that are being housed in the uh, in the places down there as they're being processed. But if you figure the amount of infants on formula at the border as uh, compared to the amount of infants in the United States, then the theory that it's all down there on the border is borderline ridiculous.
2: Yeah, the math. The, yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the math wouldn't add up. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah, and you can take a. Yeah, and you could. And I think it was from a congressman that somebody took a picture of a stacked oh, wall, yeah. you know, and then took a picture of an empty shelf somewhere in somewhere in the country.
0: And that's uh, exactly this information works. Yeah. Somebody picks it up. Uh, a certain, you know, uh, media outlet throws that out there as red meat, and then the Dannys of the world gobble it up. And if that keeps happening over and over again, then you suddenly have problems. And we've even seen an incident over the weekend with the shooting in Buffalo that has sort of its roots in someone suggesting that others are coming here to replace the people that were from here originally.
6: Yeah. And
0: the that tragic outcome of a source of a story like that. That's the misinformation that needs to be called out every time it's out there. That it, it is not true, and it is hurting all of us.
2: Hey, very good, Bill. Thank you, sir. Pre- appreciate hearing from you. Uh, We've got a couple of emails here. It says, every mother is a working mother. That was from Phyllis Diller. Yeah, they uh, that's true. Uh, I mean, you work uh, very, very hard as a mom. There is no doubt. Uh, Caro's syrup acted as a mild laxative, a texter said. Babies can get constipated. Biden definitely needs to be impeached. Trump did far less than the Democrats tried to impeach him twice. That's, if there's anything out of all of this, uh, the last few impeachments that we've seen, whether you go back to Bill Clinton's or whatever, it's... It's one of those processes that was designed as kind of a last resort. And when it becomes a political tool to hammer the guy you don't like in office, you cheapen it, I think. And I think it's been cheapened. And now everybody's, well, you've got to impeach the guy. Okay, well, <laughs> that's an easy thing to throw on a bumper sticker, but what does that mean? And what, what are you going to do with that? Okay, you're going to try to impeach him. You're going to get enough votes to impeach him, but can you convict him? That's a serious matter. That's a whole different deal. That's I'm always just kind of I kind of chuckle at that kind of stuff because I think the I think the impeachment process has been cheapened as a political weapon as opposed to an actual serious removal. When they threatened it with Nixon, it was serious. You know that he was going to be in trouble if they took a vote, and he resigned before they could get to it because he knew it was a big deal. Um, that's I think how the founding fathers really intended it to be used all right let's go to herb here at uh, 941 had a lot of stuff on here hi herb go ahead
6: well, hi brian how are you this good morning? i'm doing pretty good uh, uh i think you must have been bro uh about like me i had uh a little brother when i was 17 oh
2: yeah <laughs> Yep.
6: yeah well, and, anyway uh, i'm I lay around in the morning. I got an earphone. and I listen to uh, Dave and CW, mm-hmm. and, and uh, for, on a little lighter note, they were t- <laughs> they were talking about the new ketchup containers. You know, and uh, I, I, it occurred to me that you might want to worry more about what's in the ketchup than what's a ketchup thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just
2: just just get it for me. I don't care what what how it comes.
6: Well, there's yeah. a, If you saw what was in ketchup, you might not be so fond yeah. of it. There yeah. is that kind of <laughs> like. Is that kind
2: of like sausage? If I really wanted. to? Oh like, yeah,
6: you know? <laughs> I used to pick up sausage at a sausage factory, and that'll give you a cure too. I yeah. will tell you.
2: Well, it sure is good though.
6: Oh yeah, well, and too, <laughs> I'm 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 shocked that you didn't recognize Cairo syrup. My grandmother used to put that on my pancakes for me. Really. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just white syrup's so all. Uh, hmm. uh, uh, also, uh, this. Well, what I called about was or main reason was a speech I heard about where Mr. Biden <laughs> said the government was going to help the farmers figure out how to farm better. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, and I I thought of an old joke about when the, when a man shows up and says. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. It. You better run. Yeah,
2: go go out the back door. Yes,
6: <laughs> absolutely. Well, and two, I I think you're brought up on a farm community. I was. Uh, well, and uh, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't a farmer, but I bailed a lot of hay, and walked a lot of beans, and worked on a lot of farms. And I'm convinced that the average farmer out here today could probably run the government better than this <laughs> than uh, most politicians. I agree these, with you. These, <laughs> these guys, they know how to farm and if you don't, if you don't think that, then you don't know farming because, uh, that's uh, <laughs> hard work. Uh, they don't get to go home at five o'clock and you know, uh, but to, to think that the government is going to show a farmer how to farm in a way that uh, he makes a profit and whatever. It's, that's uh, just about the height of arrogance that I don't quite understand. Uh, most of most of these farmers do a fine job. They mm-hmm. take care of the land, and also I've learned over my lifetime, when the farmers make money, most of us make money.
2: So. That's right, and they feed us for sure.
6: Absolutely, and yeah. they they can do a better job of running this country than what's <laughs> going on here right now. Well. Uh, the the the, yeah. the
2: the D.C. folks think they're smarter than the rest of us.
6: So, Oh, yeah. I you know that. Well, so. uh, two, the, the last thing was the, <laughs> I can't believe in the way things are in the world right now in the United States that our Congress thought it was a fine time to figure out to give, uh, what, a bunch of people Peloton Health Club memberships. Mm.
2: Yeah, to the staff members? Yeah, I saw that.
6: Yeah, I thought uh, that's a little bit of a heist of something. I don't know what yeah. it is, yeah. but...
2: It's called Living in a Bubble, is what that's called.
6: Oh, yeah. All right, Yep. Thank you, sir. Oh, you're welcome.
2: Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Yes, sir. Have a good day. 217-356-9397. That's some open line time here. Uh, Chad Ebert is the owner of Precision Painting. Angie's List Reviews, 50-plus of those A-rated. Super Service Award for the last two years from Angie's List. And uh, they... Do your job. When they're there, they're working. They're not jumping around from job to job, and they know preparation is 75% of the job. So they get everything ready for you with the sample-size uh, sheets, full-size sample sheets, not the little chips you get at your uh, neighborhood store. You can actually see what you're uh, going to be painting. And they move the furniture around and move it back when they're done. They do all of that for you. So if you're looking at some interior painting here as we work our way through the summer, Precision Painting 217-217. Six three seven sixty two eighty eight or why dot com. All right, nine forty-six. We mentioned sausage. Man, I love sausage and pancakes. Talk with the Kiwanians here in a moment.
6: Need to go nowhere fast. Listen
2: All right, we're at 949 and uh, 64 degrees. Kind of a beautiful uh, day out there. Not kind of, it is. 79 degrees for the high today. Been talking baby formula up to this point. And we go from feeding babies to feeding adults or young people with uh, pancakes and sausage. And uh, Doug Fink is here. How are you? Good, Brian. Good yeah. to see you always. Maybe uh, formula conversation. Uh, no, I'd
9: go, I'll go with the pancakes and sausage today. Thank
2: you. <laughs> And Marianne Downey's here too. How are you?
7: Great, great, it's great Good. to be here.
10: Yeah,
2: from the Kiwanians. and uh, happy birthday! By the way, we've been celebrating a hundred years.
9: Yes, it was a year ago yeah. this week that uh, we yeah. were in the studio, and uh, the mayors came and proclaimed it CU Kiwanis Day for both Champagne and Urbana. So I remember that we've been around, we've been after it for a year now. We maybe you know celebrating a little too long, but we've had a <laughs> lot of fun. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> and you got an event coming up. This week in regards to that, right? That's think, right. That's you
9: know. right. On May 18th, which is Wednesday, we'll be having uh, a gala banquet to celebrate the end of our year-long celebration. Uh, uh, our district governor, Angela Burford, will be here. Uh, the mayors will be there as well. And then we'll also have uh, Joe DeLuce and his wife, Jane, from uh, Joe from the Park District, where we'll be uh, finishing up the, the donation of our... Uh, mm-hmm. Legacy project, that we're calling it uh, $25,000 to the Martin mm. Center, which is, mm. if you haven't driven up, uh, well, if you haven't driven up Mark Street, Market Street, you can't miss it. It's yeah. a beautiful new facility wow. that's coming yeah,
2: up. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's great. And then on Saturday, we've got the pancake breakfast, and we're back to doing that again.
10: That's right. We're yeah. excited to have it the 27th year that we've mm-hmm. done it here locally. It's, the pancake breakfast is really sort of a Kiwanis tradition that's been going mm. on uh, for years and years, in all the around the world, actually, we're an international organization. Uh, but I consider it this year our after party because we're celebrating our hundred year right. anniversary. <laughs> so uh, while that's kind of a celebration for our club, uh, Saturday will be a celebration for us to share with the community. It's an open door; people can walk in at the door at Bromley Hall, it's at the corner of Third um, Street between Daniels and Chalmers mm-hmm. in yeah. Champaign.
2: If you if you're not quite sure where it is, it's a big white building right a high rise white building yeah. if you get I can tell you this if you don't know where you're going and you get to Huff Hall you know you're close right exactly. you're kind of in the ballpark exactly. but, uh, yeah.
10: and we'll have Kiwanians with big orange pointer, usky-wawa wow pointers <laughs>
2: okay.
10: giving you directions <laughs> okay. on where to park
2: So that's at uh, uh, Daniel and Chalmers uh, located on third Street there the pancake and sausage breakfast at uh, Bromley Hall been doing that for years. And that's a beautiful location. That's the, has the pool where Lou Henson used to swim. That's correct. Right? Yeah.
9: exactly. He was the he was the regular honored guest in that pool early in the morning before the rest of the place had opened up. Yeah. For
2: sure,
10: it's like a resort for, for the students. <laughs> it's it really a cool building,
2: and it's cool that we the Kewanians can use it because uh, the students are now gone. So, oh
10: yeah, right. It's well, nice you out. know, Bromley Hall actually donates. The facility to us and all of the food to mm-hmm. us, so that all the proceeds help us uh provide uh the the dollars behind our services mm-hmm. and it 's from
2: seven to eleven a m that's right, yeah, and you can show up at the door, yeah
9: I think we could also say that you could go to Eventbrite which is uh, an online mm-hmm. event uh program and Search for CU Kiwanis, and you could buy tickets online that mm-hmm. way, too. But you're also welcome to show up that day and and uh, come on in and have pancakes and sauces.
2: And we've been over there several times. We'll talk about what's happening Saturday morning, too, with our radio show over there, Saturday Sports Talk. But uh, you'll have Kiwanians out to help you get parked, too. So don't worry about that. That's They'll, right.
10: That's right. That's right. We make it easy for people. and it'll be Much easier than it is during the normal school year because <laughs> the, a lot of those cars are gone. That's why we picked this time of year. Yeah.
2: Doug Fink and Mary Downey with us for a few more minutes. Area Campus Walking Tours is a par- part of this. Now yes. that's new, right?
10: It is new, and we're really excited. The Circle K, which is our Kiwanians at college level, uh, student leaders, um, are going to be leading these walking tours, mm-hmm. and it's really kind of helpful, I think, for people who aren't familiar with the campus and the neighborhood around the campus to do it in a way that's comfortable and easy and not intimidating. Uh, and they are They just graduated last weekend, so they know mm-hmm. this area better than anybody.
2: <laughs> and that'll be at uh, 9 and 10 a.m. Right. So you just right. get there before then and yep, we'll maybe eat. eat a little bit and then go on a tour. That's you the
4: plan. Do that. Yes,
10: yeah. we'd love walk,
9: to have you. Walk off some of those pancakes and sauce. <laughs> That's right. Come back for a second <laughs> helping. <laughs> so much
2: uh, the CU Kiwanis Club does for the uh, kids in our community. I've been involved with the Challenger League, for uh, the Tom Jones League, for 20 years. Uh, there's right. so much more right. that goes on with Kiwanis. Uh, Head Start <laughs> and...
9: Uh, well, uh, you know, the two years of this pandemic have certainly been in, in, impactful on, on all kinds of things here in our communities and around the country and the world. But uh, I know that one thing that our members are really looking forward to is getting back into the preschool environment and reading mm-hmm. face-to-face to kids. That mm-hmm. was always one of our bigger programs, both for Head Start and for the Urbana Early Learning uh, early childhood learning uh, schools over there, and it's such a it's such fun to read to those kids. Mm-hmm. They just are big sponges of information and, <laughs> and joy, and and also uh, hoping that's going to turn around for us this year. I, I also wanted to say that, um, and and I know that the News Gazette covered it, and we appreciated that. Uh, we were unable to hold our basketball banquet this right. year for the first mm-hmm. time in. 97-some yeah, years. years. almost, yeah. <laughs> um, but we've, uh, John Thies, our president, has worked with uh, the basketball office, the U of I Men's Basketball Office, and uh, what we're going to have is, is a tip-off uh, party, hmm. uh, and uh, not a banquet so much, but a tip-off party um, on August 30th, uh, and more details will come on that later. But uh, okay. it'll be a lot of fun for us to be able to show our community and the new team that we're going to have how excited we are for them, but also show them some of our, some of the programs that we do in town that make mm-hmm. a difference for kids in Champaign-Urbana.
2: Sounds like a winning combination. Yeah, definitely. Very good. All right, uh, and then we'll mention Saturday sports talk. We'll be broadcasting live from the Pancake uh, Breakfast at Bromley Hall. So That's right.
9: I'll Ed be, Bond, to... uh, he he will not turn away a uh, <laughs> free pancakes and sausage. And anyway. <laughs> it's been so good for he, for him to and for Steve and and Lauren and all the guests to to come over there and mm-hmm. be a part of that uh, yeah. that uh, Pancake Breakfast. And and we're always happy to have them and, and hear what folks have to say about sports.
2: Right. Well, Doug and Marion, thanks for coming in. 7 to 11 Saturday morning, Bromley Hall. And get the campus tours, too. You can do that and uh, support the local Kiwanians and all they do. Thank
9: you for thanks that. so much for sure having Very it.
2: good. Good to have you guys on. All right, 9.56. Back in a moment. All right, hour in the books here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, you've heard a lot of the uh, political ads, of course, for uh, all of the uh, candidates. And how are those races going? What are we looking at here in the next month, month plus, when it comes to the governor's race? Who's ahead? How is that, all the uh, all this playing out when it comes to the political scene here in Illinois? We'll talk to Patrick Finkston a little bit with the Illinois, get his thoughts on it, here a month plus out. And then we'll hear from the League of Women Voters for a few minutes, too. Some uh, helpful hints as you get ready to uh, vote here in a month. Whew, that flew by, hour number one, WDWS,
1: Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart.
2: Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts coming your way here on this Monday as we start a new week, commencement weekend. We got through that, and so we're into the summertime here. We talked about the Kiwanis pancakes a little bit. A lot of talk about baby formula in that first hour. And, of course, that's been a a big, big topic uh, because there's a lot of babies out there for sure. Uh, 10-11 at DWS. Talk a little politics here for a few minutes. And then the League of Women Voters will be in for a couple of minutes here uh, after um, uh, the bottom of the hour or closer to the top of the next hour. got several texts and emails. We'll try to get all those in before the end of the show. Our news was brought to you by Luther Falls Custom Kitchens, Granite & Quartz. Price is starting at just $35 per square foot installed. 2706 North Mattis Avenue, Champaign. Visit online at lutherfalls.com. Good luck to Illini Golf today. They're out in uh, Yale playing in the NCAA. Hopefully they can advance out there. And softball made the NCAA. They'll be in Columbia, Missouri. We'll have uh, those games and the action on uh, later this week. Our friend Patrick Finkston is with us, former DWSer, and uh, News staffer, now with the Illinois
11: yeah. Newsletter. political newsletter, theillinois.com, Illinois I-L-L-I-N-O-I-Z-E. You can mm-hmm. subscribe to the free one or paid subscriptions or all that mm-hmm. fun stuff.
2: And you're a new, you and your new wife, newly new parents. Yeah, we have the a baby, five-month-old. <sighs> baby formula okay? You.
11: Uh, it was okay until the last week or so when when the national media and the D.C. types got got wind of it. Uh, and now there's been a run on the stuff, you know, like, um, you know, like, like, like a bank in the thirties. And, and it's just, it's, it was an, it's been a nightmare the last week Mm. with Amazon's out targets out, you know, and I ended up going out at like 10 o'clock last night to like four different stores to find a couple of bottles. So it's just been a, uh, it's been a a challenge in the last week or two. But before that it was like, yeah, you know, you got to pick your spots, but Mm. it's okay.
2: They Usually sell them in little like cans, right? Or is it? Or, um, or, or, so
11: we do the ready to feed stuff. He, okay. um, he's a a very fancy lift to the pinky finger baby, so he doesn't want any of the powdered stuff. Okay. Uh, so, so he, uh, we do the ready to feed stuff. So it's kind of in like a 32 ounce oh. bottle okay. sort hmm. of thing. Yeah. Very cool.
2: All right. Well, uh how are you doing? Are you enjoying the uh, political races here? We got a month plus mm-hmm. to the primary.
11: You know, yeah. the June primary is so weird. Yeah. Um, it, later later than we've seen uh, probably ever. Uh or at least mm-hmm. in modern times here, you know, we've had it as early as February 4th.
2: Yeah, June 28th, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Correct.
11: And and typically at the end of May, we're all buried in Springfield right now at the end of session, but they wrapped up in early April, so uh it's 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 like the world's kind of upside down at the moment that the primary's over and session should be ending but now session's over and the primary's trying to end it's you know you, you look at the the political situation in the state especially in the Republican primary for governor and it is just the world turned on its head it, it's you know, we've got a guy who voted five of the last six elections in the Democratic primary, in Richard Irvin, the Aurora mayor, who's, who's out there using his millions of dollars, $45 million in campaign contributions so far from one guy alone, Ken Griffin, to call two actual conservatives in the race, Darren Bailey, who's a state senator, like, you know this side of Pat Robertson. He's from Effingham, right? Uh, south There's of south Effingham, of there, okay. yeah. It's okay. it's Clay County, I think. Yeah. And then Jesse Sullivan, who's a, a, a you know a venture capitalist, you no know, heavily like Christian inspired guy, mm-hmm. who's who has pretty clear conservative leanings, and they're out calling these guys Democrats when when it's Irvin is the one who has been voting Democratic in primaries, and it's just like. Who in the world is going to stand up for the facts? Because clearly, you know, the Irving campaign is just doing whatever the heck it wants, and it thinks nobody's going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and does a press conference last yeah, week. Yeah, what was
2: that about? He he was up there at a— Well, it was a
11: train wreck, first yeah, of all. he yeah. So Irvin does not talk to the media. Uh, he did one set of interviews with Chicago TV reporters right after he announced— and, and they weren't great. Um, you know, like they cut off an interview with the Fox reporter in Chicago, uh, Fox, local Fox station in Chicago, mm. uh, when he was starting to press about abortion. Um, and, and they cut off the interview and, and they were done. And so after the LaSalle Veterans Home report from the Auditor General, which, which showed that the Pritzker administration did a, pretty terrible job in responding to the COVID outbreak that killed 36 residents there. Mm. The Irvin campaign wanted to make that a campaign issue, just as Pritzker did in 2018 with the Legionnaires outbreak at, at Quincy a few years before. So Irvin gets up first time he's talked to the media and uh, I think he did one little availability on uh, filing day in early March so so he hasn't met up in front of the media. His campaign has not even returned a call or text from me since Valentine's Day. Hmm. Uh, they're they're hiding under you know, they're they're highly paid, highly produced T V ads and they're directing And they're mail. pretty
2: good ads. I mean they're pretty slick, I think. I mean they I mean, well produced. If you I mean, don't know anything, I mean, they're they're targeting saying, yeah. low information voters well, for sure. I'm, just, I'm just talking about from a aesthetic standpoint. They're sure. I mean, they use well they and, and, and I, think I know Sullivan's got some good ones too. TV. You
11: know, and I, I and I know a lot of these the guys on that that um that crew because they some of them worked on Rodney Davis's races in the past mm-hmm. and uh, have or had some friends there and maybe not friends anymore <laughs> after some of the things I've said and written about about Irvin mm-hmm. thus far, but. It's 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 just so disappointing to see such blatant lies and mistruths leading the Republican primary. And and I get it. Like if you if you think that a moderate if he's moderate, he hasn't really gotten into any political positions other than I'll support police and police and I'm pro-life with exceptions. That's that's all he said policy wise Mm -hmm. at this point. And. And he, nobody knows where he stands. Nobody knows what he does. Nobody knows where he's at. Nobody knows what the skeletons that are in his closet. Though I think the Pritzker campaign probably has mm. some stuff. Mm. And, you know, he's, he's running against a, a bunch of underfunded, untested, you know, nobodies in, in, in uh, a Darren Bailey who, who has not run a prote- particularly professional campaign. Sullivan's been good, but, and he's, he's worked really hard to learn the issues. But when he first came out, he, he couldn't tell you the difference between the state budget and a banana. It was, it, you know, it was clear that he had a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. So you look at, it, from a Republican perspective, this, this is a tremendous opportunity to beat a governor who has weak numbers, even with an unlimited source of money. In, in a year where Republicans w- were going to do well nationwide. Don't know how the Roe v. Wade thing is going to change that mm-hmm. voter excitement. And they're they're doing their best to just step all over themselves.
2: Mm. Patrick Finkson with us, former uh, news staffer here at uh, Newstalk 1400 and 93.9 FM, now with the Illinois Political Newsletter. Just talking about all the political scene here as we're a month-plus uh, out from the uh, June twenty eighth primary, but if I'm Pritzker, there seems to be you'll see these uh, they point out the governor, Democratic governors, whoever's paying for the mm-hmm. ad. Do, who does Pritzker want to face?
11: Pritzker wants Bailey. Okay, and they're not gonna they're not hiding from it. Yeah, at this point, so the Democratic Governors Association is pulling what Claire McCaskill did in Missouri back in two thousand twelve when they ran a bunch of pro Todd Aiken Commercials in the primary that, that look like attacks, like, you know, Darren Bailey is too conservative for Illinois because he's pro life and pro gun and, you know, all of these things that will sure scare off a moderate suburban mom who's unlikely to vote for a Republican anyway at this point. Mm-hmm. But all that does is boost him downstate. So I, I called it the full Aiken just with, with the way that they did it in, in, in Missouri in 2012. But, but the DGA did this four years ago too, where they, they came out and ran this same set of ads for Jeannie Ives, who was challenging Bruce Rauner just to give Rauner more headaches. And mm-hmm. Ives almost won that race.
2: Mm-hmm. That was now, closer than people thought. Well, yeah.
11: and Rauner was a terrible candidate and a terrible governor and, and had a terrible campaign. But this, this is, depending on what polling you're looking at this is either a a toss up race or or Bailey's a furlong behind and we're
2: talking on the GOP in side in the Republican, yeah, Republican yeah, in yeah. the Republican yeah. primary yeah.
11: and if he's getting boosted by a lot of DGA money and and there's some Uline money Richard Uline the the um Uline packaging billionaire mm-hmm. He's, he's funding a a third party pack and now Bailey just got another two and a half million from, from Uline. So he's finally going up on Chicago TV today. Mm. He still hasn't sent a single piece of mail into Chicago or the suburbs. Mm. You know, that's where that race is going to be won or lost. And Bailey's not playing there right now. And that's a a huge flaw on his part. Yeah.
2: Is that why? Uh, I, I, have you seen many polls that show? I mean, I saw one poll that had Irvin up twelve. Two, twelve? Yeah, I yeah. saw one two or five, two or so. Two or four. So
11: I've seen the the polls that I've been allowed to talk about publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one had Irvin up twelve. One had Irvin up four, and then the one last week that came out from uh, another another source was the WGN poll was mm-hmm. you know two or three points. So. Yeah. So depending on who you're talking to um and when that poll was made, you know, I think Irvin's numbers have come down since that poll that showed him up twelve. Um, and that was also an automated poll too, so it could be a little bit wonky. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know. I don't know who's winning, but Bailey's gonna do incredibly well downstate. Um he's he's a he's a Perfect candidate for a downstate conservative. He's he's mm-hmm. uh, got a little bit of a drawl, and he talks about God. And he 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 sued the governor. He fought over the the mask <laughs> mandates, yeah. which which if you actually look at what he did and what his intentions were, it was totally hypocritical. But but you put you dropped this guy into a, a suburban moms group in Lake County. And they're going to run away scared because and and that's and that's the problem that Republicans continue to to kick themselves with in this state is they refuse to nominate candidates that are able to win without being completely disastrous. And, mm-hmm. you know, Rauner could win a primary and a general, but he couldn't govern. He had no idea how to govern, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we. Bill Brady, as much as I love him, he, he's, he's a good guy, but, you know, he, he was very conservative, got killed on the conservatism mm-hmm. in, in November of 2010 when Pat Quinn should have been beaten. He was in such bad shape. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, he threw away a win for the GOP in 2010 when they could have made huge, huge steps when you know, that was the Tea Party year that they took back Congress. So, mm-hmm. So it's been, you know, it's when when the GOP looks at candidates in these situations, they they don't look at all three. They look at can they win a primary, or can they win a general, or can they govern, and and, and yeah. or can they govern? And if it, if the answer is on number three, then they hardly even register. I mean, look at a guy like Paul Schimpf who's a former state senator, who would mm-hmm. be the the best candidate in the field to govern. He's pulling it like two percent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's you know, and, and that's 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 a shame because he actually knows how state government works. And mm-hmm. and you know, you used to have Republicans who were interested in governing. In and mm-hmm. you know, Edgar not with or uh, Ryan notwithstanding the corrupt things, mm-hmm. you know, just dating back to like ninety-eight, yeah. he had an institutional knowledge. Edgar had an institutional knowledge. They knew how to govern, they had plans to govern, and they said so. Now it's just a bunch of tropes.
2: Hmm. Uh, All right, real quick, can Irvin beat Pritzker, though? If he gets the nomination, can he give Pritzker a battle? Maybe. Uh,
11: Maybe two weeks ago, I'd have told you yes, uh, after his press conference last week. And if that's how he's going to talk in public to voters, you've got to come out of your shell at some point in a general and – he got he got beaten to death by uh by by Chicago reporters and that's without the Pritzker people banging on him. Mm-hmm. It's uh, he's he's got a lot of work to do. He's going to clean it up for the fall. Yeah.
2: All right. The other question is in the Mary Miller uh, rodney Davis race uh, where it's uh, it's almost like I'm more conservative than you you're not a true conservative is what I keep hearing and you've got two Conservative people running against each other, trying to out conservative each other. It seems, but
11: well, so I have a history with both of them. I worked right. for Rodney in his first race in twenty twelve, right. and I worked against Mary Miller in a primary in twenty twenty. So I've, yeah. I've, I have exposure to both of them. Just so people know where where mm-hmm. I'm coming from. Yeah. Mary Miller is a loon. Um, let's let's just be clear about that. She has zero interest in governing. She's saying the craziest things she can say to. Uh, appeal to the most Trumpy, far right—Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, living on Mars—kind of world. That's essentially where the Republican primary vote is right now. God help and she's us! she's
2: emphasized she's got Trump support. And there's there's
11: there's rumor that he's going to come to Illinois and, and campaign for her. I haven't seen that for sure, but it's 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 a shame that. You know, a guy like like Davis who has made some missteps in time, and he's had to he's had a really hard time navigating a very fifty fifty district, which is so polar opposite up here mm-hmm. to the southern half of the district. Yeah. You know, and he's had to kind of toe that that Trump line, and has has failed at it miserably a few times. Mm-hmm.
2: Because um, his old district was the one that ran down to St. Louis. Correct, almost he, St. Louis. Now yeah. he's in a more, much more conservative district. Touches three states. Yeah. Touches
11: Iowa, Missouri, and Indiana. Um, Let's think and, about that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and he, uh, you know, now he has to run to the super far right instead of saying, "I'm a guy with access who can get things done, who can be a tra- uh, chairman of the House Transportation Committee." which can bring home bacon and roads and, and Mm -hmm. lots of things. And instead you've just got to go out and, and run this nuclear bomb of a campaign against Miller and, you know, drag a volunteer into it because of a thing he had 20 years ago. And, and it's just like, you're better than this. Just, just tell us why you're doing this, why you can do this, why you're better for this. Mm And, and, and it's it's just it's been really disappointing. I, I don't expect any less from Mary Miller because that's just what they are. Um, I expect more from Davis at this point, and we're not getting it.
2: I mm. uh, wanted to get your thoughts uh, wrapping up our segment here with Patrick Finkson of the Illinois. You can uh, subscribe if you'd like, or you can uh, read online some free material too. But uh, at the Illinois, uh, Tim Johnson passed away. Uh, what? It was a long obituary in the paper today in the obituary section. Of course, we've talked about him for a week. Um, just a fascinating guy, I thought.
11: With so so, Tim Tim yelled at me probably more than he's yelled at any other reporter in Champagne history, unless he yeah. yelled at Kasich, but I doubt it because um, people like Kasich. Um, <sighs> Tim and I had a complicated relationship at times, um, and and you know he was he was difficult to work with sometimes because he's. He's an interesting fella, um, or was an interesting fella. Um, the, the reality of what he accomplished in his career of, of so many years of service in Springfield and in Washington and the way he connected with people and whether it was the, the phone calls or, or, you know, the number of stories I've heard about him just stopping by a farm field, you know, when he saw a guy in a tractor, mm-hmm. you know, it, he had a gift that most politicians don't have, and especially later in his term, you know, when he formed the Center Isle Caucus and really used his platform to say things that were he was willing to disrupt in his own party, mm-hmm. uh, voting against the Patriot Act, voting against FISA warrants. Mm-hmm. Um, he deserved a ton of credit for. Being willing to stand up for what was right, um, yeah. There, there were some weird things. There were some controversial things. Uh, there were, there was some history there, et cetera. Everybody's complicated. Every human is complicated. But, but he was a force, man. He was a real force.
2: All right. Uh, let's see here. Question: uh, Why was Illinois primary moved to June? Because uh,
11: Democrats couldn't get the maps done in time. That's
2: it. That's it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> late June, by the way. Uh, hey Patrick, need to level with the rest of us. Your GOP vote doesn't count in Illinois. Start talking about the hijacked U.S. Rep. district that links CU to East St. Louis. How does that happen? That's the the district they carved out.
11: Uh, I mean, your Republican vote does matter in that district. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say because I, I would say that it's not a slam dunk of a district for Democrats, even though they want it to be. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a gerrymander. I mean, um, I, I had a story from 538 in, in the newsletter this morning that, uh, called Illinois the worst Democratic gerrymander of the cycle. Um, they, they drew two downstate districts, specifically two downstate districts to elect a Democrat. And they may have overreached, especially in the 17th district, which is where Sherry Bustos is leaving. That's the, they kind of carved out City of Rockford, Quad City, City of Peoria, and Bloomington Normal, mm-hmm. and then link them together with a bunch of rural areas where they could just make up a little population. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're going to be lucky to keep that Democratic. And, and in the 13th, you know, they, they added East St. Louis and Belleville and a bunch of, um, you know, reliably Democratic St. Clair County votes to, to a little stick uh, hoping to elect Nikki Budzinski, uh, How that's going to work. I don't know. She's kind of been in the same boat where she's running mm. a very quiet primary, uh, trying not to rock the boat and, and get, get through with, with the money she raises and some name ID and some Durban money and, and those sort of things. And, you know, I don't know that the Republicans are, are set against her in the fall, but, um, uh, it, it could be an interesting race. The other the other part of the gerrymander that I'll mention is that rural voters were marginalized. Uh, if you look at Sherry Boost, or, I'm sorry, Robin Kelly's district, which is the second,
2: okay,
11: um, it currently runs from the south side, like Forty Third and Stony Island, uh, down to the Iroquois Kankakee line. So it, it picks up Kankakee. Uh, a lot of Will County, um, and then north, and Mm -hmm. some of those south suburbs into the Mm -hmm. south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. To continue to have more Chicago-based districts, they took Robin Kelly's district. It still has a little finger into the south side, then expands south and now picks up all of Kankakee County, or almost all of Kankakee County, Iroquois County, most of Vermilion County, including Danville, northern half of Champaign County, including Rantoul, hmm. and uh, Pontiac. So so 50th and State Street uh, on the south side and Pontiac will have the same congresswoman. Yeah, And that's where a Republican vote won't count because that's like a D plus 70 district. Right.
2: Hmm. All right. Well, Patrick, we appreciate the time. My pleasure Thanks as always. Thanks for uh, filling us in on some of this.
11: TheIllinois.com. I-L-L-I-N-O-I-Z-E. Check yeah, it come. out. Check it out.
2: Very good. Thanks, thank Brian. you, sir. Talk to you soon. ten thirty four. Let me do CBS real quick. and then we'll come back ten
10: thirty eight.
2: Appreciate Patrick Finkston from the Illinois Political Newsletter. Check that out online if you want to cut through some of the uh, complicated issues or races or whatever. He knows uh, that stuff like the back of his hand and uh, appreciate him being on. Guy used to work here with us. Uh, 1038 at uh, DWS. Uh, A couple of texts and emails that have come in, and we'll talk to the League of Women Voters here in uh, just a moment. Uh, Some texts that came in. Uh, I agree with a man that called about the president, uh, Biden robbing Americans to spoil the illegals, uh, is what somebody said. And where that goes back to is there was a congressman who took a picture of a wall of baby formula down at one of the processing centers on the border and then took a picture of, I forget where, he took it, an empty shelf in Tennessee or something, and uh, said, hey, you know what's going on here? And um, that's where a lot of that came from, I think, uh, having to do with the uh, baby formula. Another uh, listener says, hi, Brian, the baby formula debacle is a classic example of government employees simply not doing their jobs. The American people are incredibly hard to provoke, to insist government regulators be sacked, and the institutions they mess up with reorganize. We need a Reagan-style mass firing now at FDA and the CDC. And what our listeners is referring to there is that um, this the folks in D.C. are responding now like, oh, we've got to do something about baby formula. But the issue has been out there for several months. Uh, and there was the recall in in February that didn't help either. So uh, let's see here. Yeah, we mentioned the Karo syrup acted as a mild laxative. Uh, Bill is a perfect example of the misinformation narrative. It's called censorship. You just keep drinking the Kool-Aid. You sound intelligent, but evidently you're misinformed. And then Caller Bill is 100% spot on. Disinformation is the hallmark of Fox News and MAGA supporters Need examples? Election was stolen. No need to say more, this listener says. And see, that's kind of the world we're in, is both side, each side says the other side is spreading misinformation. <laughs> so there you are. What do you do with that? Because they're listening to one network, or they're listening to another network, and... You know, MS, MSNBC says what they say, and Fox has their, you know, commentators. They both do. Um, I still contend that if you watch Brett Baer's show on Fox, uh, it's a news show. They give you the news. Uh, I always enjoy that one. I have a little panel to discuss some things. I think that's a that's a good hour there. You know, you get into the evening shows; they're all political commentators. MSNBC does the same thing, and then those people. If you're on one side of the aisle or the other, you listen to just that and you listen to just that on the other side, and then accuse each other of just being misinformed and that's that's where you that's represented in Congress, and that's kind of where we are, which is too bad, I think uh let's see here to touch on the border or touch on the caller saying we should ignore the record breaking illegal immigration problem Biden has created at the border by ignoring our immigration law for those legally applying or with a proper reason for asylum. The caller should get ready to ignore even greater numbers of people to flood our border as Biden shuts down Title 42 that had to do with the COVID uh, checks. Immigration law allowing hundreds of thousands of people to cross the border, many of them terrorists, child traffickers, and gang members across the border making billions for the drug cartels. While, of course, they should have formula at the border for the kids whose shelves shouldn't be better stocked. Wait a minute. While, of course, they should have formula at the border for kids, those selves shouldn't be better stocked, nor would they need as much formula if Biden was actually performing his constitutional oath to protect the country. The Biden FDA has failed the country. These young mothers, as this formula tragedy started last November and the FDA did nothing, maybe if a caller would watch a news media outlet that would tell him the truth, he would know that. All right, and another text says, what happened to the representatives that were for the moderate Republicans? Why is everything so extreme one way or the other? I assume there, uh, that may a question may have been for uh, Patrick uh, when it comes to the state of Illinois. And uh, another text says, breastfeeding matters. All right, so there you've covered the gamut. Uh, 1042 at DWS, Zoe's with us. Hi, Zoe.
12: Oh, hi, Brian. I missed part of your show, so if somebody already might have called us in, um, all the, you know, what did people do on breastfeeding, and you were asking what pe- what did people do who couldn't breastfeed, or I don't know if that's what you asked mm. in the beginning. Anyway, a lot of women who were back in England, and or probably here too, I don't know, in the old days, if they could afford it, um, if they didn't want to breastfeed or couldn't or whatever, they would hire a woman called a wet nurse. Mm-hmm. In other words, it was another woman who would breastfeed their child for a while and they would take the child and a lot of times they would keep the child, you know, till that, till they were, you know, weaned off breast milk
7: mm-hmm.
12: or, and, you know, maybe the, maybe the moms, maybe the moms would go and and dads too, maybe would go visit these babies, you know, at the wet nurses mm-hmm. home or wherever, but they did that. And that was, you know, pretty common practice among certain classes of people over in England. Mm. And, um, and i I just also wanted to say a lot of this uh these shortages are being manipulated too, and of course we know that all this formula being sent down to the border, but a lot of this stuff's being manipulated to to cause people to be afraid and um and and some of it may get to seem kind of real because because they can make it look that way, you know empty shelves and whatever but uh they want they want us to be in a constant state of sort of fear emergency fear emergency and uh um you know try not to buy into the to the panic and the narrative and i and i'll tell you i'll I, i'll just say i think the fox news and the leftist news uh networks they're all kind of controlled they're all kind of controlled opposition so you know people need to go and dig and find your news other places and hmm. and so um and i used to like to listen to Brett Baer, but i think then he became a, he was a never trumper i think correct me hmm. if i'm wrong wasn't he
2: i and don't think that, he was but uh, well
12: maybe I, i'm wrong but, but uh, i had that impression but i maybe i may be wrong i do know
2: i do know I he was uh, in the wedding party i think at John Gross's wedding former basketball wow. coach they, they were oh, okay. friends i don't yeah. know anything about <laughs> they they, they were they were friends I knew that so
12: <laughs> okay i don't know anything about john Gross. so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: right.
12: you know i always i always did enjoy him, but I think mm-hmm. that kind of um uh, but i I don't watch Fox anymore because I don't really have t v but i mm-hmm. don't I don't miss it either i'm mm-hmm. you know i I just like to go go to other sources for my my news and I really the networks to me they're mm-hmm. Like, like I say, they're kind of all controlled, and it doesn't mean I would never watch any anything ever on any of them. But I, but I just bear that in mind when I'm watching. This is you know this is controlled news, and and they will you know it's a, there's a there are narratives behind this stuff, and um, and and people have agendas, and so. Um, anyway, that's all I have right. to say. Thank you, Zoe.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. Ten forty-five. We'll go to the other end of the spectrum. College diploma is in hand. We just had commencement. As you get ready to enter the workforce, prepare for your financial future with Busey, think before making major purchases, build an emergency fund, pay down debt, create a budget, Busey.com is the place to go for financial calculators, financial assessments, graduation, a great time to get on the right foot financially. Go to uh, Busey.com or stop by one of their many convenient locations today. All right, 1046, we'll talk with the League of Women Voters here next. On a penny for your thoughts, we're at 1049 and running a little behind here as we uh, move into the last moments of our uh, show here today. We talked a lot about baby formula today, which was a big topic, and we talked with Patrick Finkson for a little bit about some of the races here, the primary coming up in Illinois on June the 28th. If you've uh, received your News Gazette, if you've been paying attention, there's been these little um, boxes either at the top of the front page or in different parts of the paper Uh, from the League of Women Voters, and Ann Prisland is with us. She's the co-chair of the League of Women Voters, the voter-ready team, and uh, they're the ones putting that together. And Ann, good to meet you, and good to have you on. How are you?
4: Thanks, Brian. Just fine. Glad to be here.
2: Primary day will be here pretty soon.
4: I know. It's, what, a little over a month away.
2: (laughs) How long have you been with the League of Women Voters?
4: Only about three years, actually. Okay. I, of course, knew of the League, but I didn't join until about three years ago.
2: Okay. What prompted you to join?
4: I'm really... I think it's really important for people to register to vote and vote and to have a great source of nonpartisan information Mm -hmm. about elections, about voting, and about candidates. Mm -hmm. And the League does that for Champaign County.
2: Yeah. Talk about the League of Women Voters and the overarching, what you try to do as an organization.
4: All right. Be glad to. The League was actually formed in 1920, Mm -hmm. six months before the 19th Amendment granting women the right to vote was formed in Chicago. Okay. And our local league uh, started in 1922, so it's our 100th anniversary. What the league does, it's a nonpartisan organization at all levels, national, state, and local, which means we don't support or endorse any party or candidate. What we do do, though, is we encourage everyone to be informed and active participants in government, which of course includes registering and voting. We also want to increase public understanding of important policy issues, and also we do work to influence public policy through advocacy and education.
2: Well, as we near the June 28 primary, which, of course, was changed this year, used to be back in March, it's been as early, I think, as February in some points along the way. Um, There are some key dates to keep in mind here, and uh, some things are happening now, but then we start to pick it up later this week. Absolutely,
4: things. we do. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like me to run through some yeah, of those Yeah, just give, dates? Us, give us some dates. Yeah. Okay, the first thing to think about is to make sure you're registered to vote. Mm-hmm. And just to remind people, in Illinois, you need to be a U.S. citizen, and you need to be 18 years of age on or before the general election, which of course won't be until November 8th. However, uh, for those of you who are teenagers or have them in your family, people who are 17— Honor before the primary election, June 28th, and will be 18 by the general election in November, can actually register to vote at 17 and vote in the primary. Mm. So uh, for those of you who are of that age group, you might want to consider it. And the important thing is to make sure you're registered to vote at your current address, mm-hmm. which you can check on the county clerk's website. Can I give that sure. website Absolutely, address? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ChampaignCountyClerkIL.gov, where you can use the Choose drop-down menu at the top and go right to the page where you can confirm that you're registered at your current address. If you're not registered, you've got several options. You can register at DMV when you renew your Illinois driver's license. You can also register on paper using a very simple one-page form now through May 31st, You can download that from the clerk's website. You can register and use that form with us at any of our public events, or you can go to the clerk's office in person. It takes about three minutes to Mm. fill it out. Three minutes. Three minutes. Very simple. (laughs) You can also go online 24-7 to the State Board of Elections website through June 12th. If you want to do that, again, it's very easy. It takes, oh, gosh, all of five minutes. Mm-hmm. But you do need your Illinois driver's license or state ID and the last four of your social. But I think when you were talking about dates, Brian, you can register to vote and vote on the same day, starting June 1st at the Brooklyn Center mm-hmm. and June 13th at multiple locations around the county. Just make sure that you bring with you your ID the second th- Something that shows your current address. Mm-hmm. It can be something on your phone, like mm-hmm. a utility bill, mm-hmm. or a paper document. Mm-hmm. So you've got all those ways to register to vote. Um, you asked about dates coming up this week. Mm-hmm. The nineteenth is when early voting starts at Brooklyn Center for registered voters. Right,
2: you have to be registered
4: for right. that first couple of weeks. Yeah, but you can you can come in June first and after and register and vote on the same day at Brookens. Mm. It's lots of opportunities. And for those of you who have requested mail ballots or plan to, those start being mailed out on May 19th from the clerk's office.
2: Wow. It's coming up fast. Very. Yeah. Well, and we'll do this again here in the future as we get closer to the primary. Great. I'd be glad to come back and talk more. And what's the website again, or any website you want to share for the League of Women Voters? Sure. For
4: those folks who'd like to see what the League is doing, it's a very simple website, org.
2: Easy enough. Sounds good. Great. Thanks, Thank you, Ann. Appreciate it. All right. Back to wrap up the show here in a moment. All right. Gallo-Miller, paint and collision repair, if you need some work done on a vehicle, maybe you've had an accident, maybe somebody's run into you, maybe you went to commencement and the parking lot was crazy and something got loose or somebody got loose or wasn't paying attention and banged into you, well, make sure you take your vehicle to the south side of I-74. Between the Neal and Prospect exits, they take care of big dents and little dings. Dave Miller, Bill Gallo, hands-on owner owners of... Gallo-Miller Paint and Collision Repair. Make sure you give them a call or stop by and get a free estimate. All of that at Gallo-Miller. Thanks to our guests today for being with us. Thanks to you. Great conversation today. We'll talk a little bit about the real estate market in the second hour for a little bit tomorrow. A lot of open line time, though. And then Willie Comer on Wednesday, and then it'll be off Thursday and Friday. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a great Monday. Enjoy the great weather.